You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Amen. You're welcome to church this morning. Last week we started talking about breaking cultural what? Prejudice. Breaking cultural prejudice. And we were looking at, um, I think we mentioned a few things about the disciples, you know, remember in Samaria when when Jesus when Jesus went to Samaria or Jesus and his disciples were passing through Samaria, God had a divine appointment for a woman there. And this woman became a great evangelist. This woman became a great evangelist for God, you know, but the Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. The Jews did not want to interact with Samaritans. They didn't want to engage in business with Samaritans. And the reason for that is because of the prejudice that was between them. Okay. There was, there was prejudice between the Jews and the Samaritans. I think that... <laughs> We need to really thank God for Jesus because, but for Jesus, many of us will not even be able to um, engage with one another. Why? Because the enemy will continue to stir up prejudice. He will continue to try to divide us. He will try as much as possible to bring hostility between people between groups, between, between races, between... I mean, he's doing it all over, right? So it's between races, it's between tribes. Come on. Yeah, it's between tribes. It's between classes, you know? Uh, like there are some countries where um, they have a caste system. For example, you go to India, they have a caste system. If you are not born, if you are born in a particular... In a, in a particular uh, class, there's nothing you can do to change it. You are destined. You are, you are destined to be there. So no matter what, you can rise to any level. As long as you, they pick up that you are from that caste, you are seen as second class. So everybody is judged. The word prejudice means to judge ahead of time without enough knowledge, experience, or exposure. All right? So imagine, and we find out that many times we are guilty of that. We, we, we are guilty of that. We, you can, we can decide now, maybe because you are told somebody that you respect tells you certain things. And, you know, we don't even realize how much the world, how the world has been structured to promote prejudice. We don't, we don't realize how the enemy works and uses every available means of communication to try to bring hate, to try to bring division, come on, to try to bring uh, 
to, to cause us to hate one another. Do you know that before Africa was not the way it is? But we were taught to hate each other. We were taught to hate each other. Do you know that children don't know? Children don't have any issue with anyone. Do you know that? Yeah, they, they don't know. They don't know the difference between, you know, <laughs> black or white. They don't, they don't know the difference between uh, Tsonga and Zulu. Children don't know. They just, they just play with everyone. They love everyone. So, but then as time goes on, they start getting discipled. Okay? To be prejudiced. See, if I catch you talking to that auntie again. And the child doesn't know. So, what happens? He's now being conditioned. He's now being conditioned. Anytime he sees that, he's going this way. Why? Because he knows he's going to be punished if he's caught. Now, I understand if it is because... There is danger. If, if it's because there is danger, it's, if, 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 if there is some risk, all right? Maybe a person, for example, if somebody is known to be a pedophile, you, you, you don't want your children around such people. Okay? You don't want that. How would you feel if you came to church and you heard that there is uh, an ex-convict who was convicted for pedophilia, you know, teaching in the children's church. How comfortable will you be bringing your child to that church? No, you won't. You shouldn't. Okay? It's, it's, you shouldn't be comfortable. Until, <laughs> until something has been done to, to get rid of, <laughs> to ensure that there has been transformation. Do you understand? Yeah, to ensure that there has been transformation. But the fact that somebody was guilty in the past also does not mean he's guilty in the present. Do you know that? Yeah. Otherwise, Saul would have remained um, you know, a persecutor of the church for, for his entire life. But God Transformed this man. God changed him. Okay. So even the woman of Samaria, who was an adulterer, a husband snatcher, known to the city, <laughs> Jesus still didn't view her the way you and I would view her. So you have to be careful even when you have certain information about people. And what do I mean? Let me explain. For example, you know, you heard that this person used to do this and do that. Whatever it is, I don't know. I don't want to mention anything. But you, you heard that this person is like this. Now, 
Be careful how you conclude about that person because they could be lying. I mean, people have lied about me. Some fantastic lies. Believe you me. That have been told. You know, and I remember those days when there was so much that was being said and the Lord warned me not to defend myself. So, I was there, I was quiet, and people were saying all kinds of things, and I'm not allowed to even explain or defend myself. How do you, how do you deal with that? So, you can't even explain, okay? You can't even explain because God has spoken and said, keep quiet. And God said, I will establish a reputation for you. Don't do it for yourself. So, I had to keep quiet. And then they were saying things. And I didn't, I was just watching. And obviously because I was quiet, the assumption is that I was guilty. Meanwhile, I wasn't. But I had to be obedient. So, I think God took me through that experience to learn what it is, how it feels to be wrongly accused. So that I can empathize with someone who is being accused. Do, do you understand me? So what I'm saying is that when you hear things about people, you need to be careful how you conclude about it. You don't know the whole picture. And you don't even know why the person, even if the person did that thing, you don't know what led to that. Because we don't know about this woman at the well. We don't know her story. We don't know what turned her into the kind of woman she became. But one thing we know is that God had a plan for her. You get my point? Yeah. So God has plans for everybody. Well, we don't know. But God knows. So what am I saying? Be careful. Come on. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, be careful. Don't be quick to conclude about people. Don't be quick to write people off. Don't be quick to do that. You, you don't know. You don't know. Why? Because information about people is not necessarily the truth about them. Yeah. So this is really the truth. Are there not people that if you think now, it's just I don't want to start mentioning things. I don't want to, that I don't want to be too specific because I might be mis misunderstood. But are there not people that you have heard certain things said about them and then later on you discovered that it was not true? Meanwhile, some judgment has been already carried out on the basis of the lies that were told. Concerning that person. How many people have, ex have seen that before? Yeah. So that's why you need to be careful. If we are going to reach the world, okay, we need to be careful. If we're going to fulfill the Great Commission, we need to be careful because you can go into a place and they tell you. I remember the first time I landed in this country. A pastor, I said to him, as, as I landed and he 
picked me up. I said, you know what? I want to see Soweto. Take me to Soweto. The guy said, no. I said, why? Because, I mean, I've studied, I've, I've read the history, I've, there's so much I've read. So that was, the first thing, that was the first place I wanted to see. The guy said, no. He says, if we go there, they are going to hijack us and they will kill us. So I was disappointed. I was disappointed because I wanted to see Soweto. You know, there are songs we used to sing about Soweto. You know, we used to sing, you know, fire in Soweto, burning down my people. Huh? Free Nelson Mandela. <laughs> and all kinds of songs we used to sing. So I just wanted to see this Soweto, where they have been oppressing my brothers and sisters. But this pastor said no. Eventually, he took me to Alex. <laughs> okay, you can tell from your reaction. I can, I can. <laughs> you see. He took me to Alex. Now, Alex and Soweto. <laughs> you know? But, you see. And as we were driving, he told me, please, don't, don't uh, put off your seatbelt. He said, you don't want them to see that you are obeying the law. He says, if, if they see that we are strangers here, they will hijack us. <laughs> I don't know. I was just, I, I mean, I was just a tourist being instructed, you know? But isn't it amazing that we eventually started a church in Alex? The same Alex. And several times I've gone to preach in Soweto. I ended up going to Soweto. Every time I get guests, first thing I do, I say, you need to go to Soweto. I take them myself. Hallelujah. To Soweto. I take them there. I take them to Vilakazi Street. I say, look at this street. You know, walk through and show them around. Take them and show them. I remember showing a friend from the UK and we took, took him to Hector Peterson, and we were looking, and as we were looking, they were just in tears, crying. Why? Because they were told that South Africans, blacks, were terrorists. Do you understand? Yeah, that was what the media, the world media was saying. When God called us to South Africa, one of my relatives said, why, why? Those people are killing each other. Why? Don't go there. Why? Prejudice. Prejudice. Because you listen to what CNN said. You think that CNN is the bearer of truth. Huh? Or whatever media you consume. They are there to spread whatever will favor them. 
That's it. And sometimes to, 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 to say bad things about some people will favor them. So they have to say it. That's the way the world works. Why am I going to all of this? I don't know. But I've gone there. <laughs> so human nature is such that because of the sinful nature that is in us, it's very easy for the enemy to manipulate, to manipulate us. It's very easy for him to use whatever to paint a particular picture about people. And you need to be careful what he says to you about someone. Okay? Yeah. So, um, let's look at it. Let's look at and We were talking about Peter, right, the last time. Let's look a little more up into Peter. Look at Acts chapter 9. So after, in, 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 in Galatians, we, we read Galatians where Paul confronted Peter, right? Because of his prejudice, he confronted Peter. But you need to also understand why Peter was the way he was. He was raised in an environment of prejudice. That's the way he was raised, okay? The Jews didn't believe in mixing with Gentiles, as a matter of fact, a Jew, in those days, a Jew will not enter into the house of a Gentile. At never will you catch a Jew going into the house of a Gentile. And if a Gentile drank from a particular cup, a Jew can never drink from that cup. Okay? So, I, I, I want you to understand that Peter was raised like that. He was raised like that. So in those days, even when, when, um, when Jews travel, they pass through a Gentile city. When they're getting back, before they get into, into a Jewish city, they have to shake the dust off their feet. They have to dust their feet, wash their feet, because they don't want the dust of the Gentiles to enter into their holy land. Yeah, so that's how serious it was. They were raised like that. He was raised like that. And so to be obedient to the law, and, and there was a law that was added to the law, okay, by the religious system that God did not say. I'll give you examples. Like God never told them that people shouldn't be healed on a Sabbath day. Okay? But they added that and they... They attacked Jesus each time that he healed anyone on a Sabbath day. But it was not part of the law. There's nowhere that Moses wrote that you shouldn't heal anyone on the Sabbath day. So they added some of those things. There were many things that were added. And Jesus even accused them of making the word of God of no effect by reason of their traditions. Okay, so there are things that were introduced to the, to the life, the Jewish life in those days that had nothing to do with God's word and God's will. It was just something. Like, I mean, there's no way that God said that if you go to a Gentile's place and you are coming, wash your feet. 
Why did God say that? But it was, a, it, was, it was common practice. So I don't know what you were raised with. I don't know how you were raised. I don't know how you were informed about other people, about other cultures, about other tribes, about other people. But you need to begin to ask yourself, where did this come from? If you have certain beliefs, begin to query those beliefs. Where did they come from? Okay. Yeah, so you can't just generalize. So, but I'm explaining all of this to help you to see that Peter, that's the environment in which he was raised. Okay? So now he meets Jesus, and this Jesus, Jesus was, he didn't have any prejudice. As a matter of fact, if you go to the book of, uh, if you go to the book of Luke chapter, I think chapter 7, where Jesus was invited he was invited by a Pharisee. He was invited by a Pharisee and Jesus was there. Okay. And while he was there, a woman came in. Well, you know, she, she, she came in with alabaster box and she was weeping and she, 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 was, um, she, she was washing his feet with her tears and used her hair to, you know, and... And this guy is, that invited Jesus looking, hmm, if this guy is truly a prophet, he would have known that this is a sinner. This is a sinner that is touching him. He would have known. And Jesus knew immediately by word of knowledge what he was thinking. And Jesus says, Simon, you know, <laughs> um, Jesus says, I have been here. You didn't wash my feet. But this woman came and she's washing my feet. And this is what you are thinking. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. Hallelujah. Yeah. And Jesus is, is in fact, let's read it before, before we go into Peter. Do we have time? No, we don't have time. Okay. Do you want to read it? Okay, let's read it. Luke chapter 7. St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 7. Verse, verse 36. Yes. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the, other far, uh, to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner... When she knew that Jesus was at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him, weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair, the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Then the Pharisee who had visited, whom... Um, the Pharisee who had visited saw this and he spoke to himself. Notice that he spoke to himself. He didn't speak to anybody. He spoke to himself. So it was a thought inside. All right? Saying, this man, if he were a prophet, yes, he would have known who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a sinner. 
who among them is not a sinner? The man himself thinking that thought. He's also a sinner, right? But you see, hypocrisy. Yeah. So because of prejudice, he has already judged this woman because of her past. God is not like that. God does not. It's, it's like insurance people. They use your past to determine your premium. Is that not so? With all due respect, insurance guys, God is not like you. <laughs> yeah. So if you've had one accident before, your premium now, <laughs> it goes up. <laughs> so what are they doing? They're using your past to determine your future. God doesn't work like that. Aren't you happy? This Jesus is too much. He, he doesn't behave like us. Huh? Yeah, he doesn't. So, this man is, is this, 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 this Pharisee is saying this. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. He says, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Come on, yes. And then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with, her, with, with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. Now, I, I mean, I can imagine the picture. So you just picture. They should do a movie about this scene. It would be an interesting movie. Okay. You, those of you that are script writers. He says, you did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to, to you, her sins, which are many. Come on. Jesus knew her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Why? For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. So sometimes you can look at somebody and say, this person is so bad. And God is seeing that this person's sin is so much that the person is so broken. Do you understand? The person is so broken because of their sin. And they are now taking steps to love God more because of the much sin that has been forgiven. But then you look at them and you are only seeing their past. And you cannot see that that past has been forgiven. And that person is loving God more than you who had less sins. 
You see? So you can judge that person. Meanwhile, God is celebrating that person. You can be writing off someone that God has embraced. That's why we need to be careful. I remember the story. This pastor, there's a prostitute that was known in that community. Now, um, this pastor was sitting in his office. And he sees this prostitute standing by the roadside. You know. And as, he's look, as he looks through the window, the Lord said to him, I want you to go to that woman and give her a hug. Shikabadakaha. I bind you, Satan. You, you, you can imagine what is going on. Now, she's known in the community as a prostitute. And God says, I want you to go there and give her a hug. And tell her that you love her. Huh? <laughs> the man struggled. You know? But God spoke again. He said, Lord, but you know, the Lord spoke. So this man walks out. And his heart is beating. He is, he doesn't, I'm, I, he is a pastor. He's known in the community. So he goes to this woman and then he gives her a hug. He says, I want you to know that I love you. But Jesus loves you more. <laughs> he, <laughs> he added that quickly. And this woman started crying. You know what this woman said? She said, I'm just waiting for a taxi to go and commit suicide. Because this woman was saying that nobody in the world loves her. And she was, she was going to end it. She was going to end it. She was on her way. I don't know where to, but she was on her way to go and end it. And this pastor, he thanked God so much that he obeyed God. And then he led her to Christ. That woman got saved and became a faithful member in the church. Hallelujah. Stopped prostitution and became a major pillar in the house of God. You see? So that's why, because we don't know, we all know in part what you know about another person is a fraction. You don't know the entire picture. So, because of that, you don't know. You don't know. So, why am I saying this? Let's guard our hearts. Now, you better be sure you hear God to go and hug a prostitute. I'm not saying you should go and do that. Please. Before you receive an impartation of something. <laughs> You better be sure, yeah. But the point is this, that you never can tell. You never can tell. So let's be careful. Amen? Yeah. As we reach, we want to reach out to people. As we want to reach the lost, be careful what you know about that person or what you've heard about that person. I'm not saying you should be careless, okay? But I'm saying, 
Even what you know, let what you know not stop you from doing what God wants you to do. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? Yeah. So, um, Peter was raised in prejudice. Let's look at a scripture in Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9, verse, for the sake of time, let's read verse 43. So it was, this is talking about Peter, all right? After he raised Dorcas from the dead and all, all of that. Uh, <clears throat> he was in Joppa. So it was that he stayed many days in Joppa with Simon Etana. So God has been working on Peter from the time Paul confronted him. God has been processing him. Paul said, Peter, this thing is not right, okay? And Peter didn't get offended. Peter allowed God to deal with him. And how do I know that? Because for you to see him here in the house of uh, Simon Etana, right? You need to understand Etana is somebody that works with leather. Masopa, you are Etana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so somebody that works with, with leather, okay? But to the Jews, I want you to see that the Jews did not, they considered tanners as unclean people. And why is that? Because this man, this person working with leather is handling dead animals. So when you touch a dead animal, you are automatically unclean. You see? Yeah, so you are automatically unclean. And not only that, you're now a Gentile. Oh my goodness. Double dose. Double dose uncleanness. So for Peter to now go into this man's house is a breakthrough. Yeah, it's a breakthrough. Why? Because God is preparing Peter, you know, for something massive. So God started dealing with him from the time, you know, um, even during the time of Jesus, God has been dealing with Peter. A lot of paradigm shifts happening with Peter. But now he's even staying in the house of a tanner. That means he's drinking from his cup. He sits, you know, it's, it's like a taboo. Don't even talk about that. So Peter was staying there. And so it was that chapter 10 now, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion that was called the Italian regiment, a devout man, one who feared God, with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. This Cornelius, we know, was a Gentile. Okay? Now, this man, he used to give alms, he used to do all of these things, and God, to cut the long story short, sends an angel 
to Cornelius. All right? Cornelius is praying, and the angel appears to him. All right? The angel appears, and the, the angel appears to him right there. He has an open vision. And the angel said to him that your prayers and your arms have come up as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. For he is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose, um, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. So God had prepared Peter. He had been stripping off the prejudice on Peter over time. You know, just like for some of us, our prejudice has started falling off. Am I correct? Yeah. It's been falling off from last week. All right? So God has been processing Peter. And now Cornelius receives an angelic visitation. And the angel says to him, send for Peter. Okay? And, and he will tell you. You see, angels don't preach the gospel. Angels are not messengers of the gospel. We are the ones. Angels are sent to bring messages from God, but they cannot preach the gospel. If angels were called to preach the gospel, the whole world would have been saved by now. The reason why the whole world is not yet saved is because we are the ones that are disobedient. You see, we are not going out. All right? So, send for Peter. And then, to come the long story short, Peter is there hungry. He's, he's, he's praying. And, and then, he now experiences a trance where God now shows him um, all kinds of, of animals that are considered unclean according to the law of Moses. Okay? And God says to Peter in that vision, arise, kill and eat. You know, Peter says, I've never touched anything unclean in my whole life. I've observed, God, I cannot do this. And God says, what God has cleansed, don't call unclean. So, and that is the same message to us today. What God has cleansed, don't call unclean. Who God has cleansed, don't call unclean. Do you understand me? Yeah. If God is sending you to go and... You know that black sheep of the family? You know that uncle that nobody in the family likes? What if God cleanses that person? And then sends you to that person? And then you now say, hey, this guy... <laughs> you become like an insurance person. You start bringing his past. You start bringing all his past. I don't, I don't care how bad he is. God has a plan for him. Amen? No matter how wicked he has been, God has a plan for him. There's nobody God cannot change. Hallelujah. And I'm not saying you should be naive and then, then drop your guard. You need to be careful, but again, don't be blinded by what you know about people from seeing what God wants to do. Okay, because sometimes people's past can can blind you to their future. Yeah, there are people who have written you off 
because of your past, but they don't realize that God has a bright future for you. They don't realize that in future they are going to need you. They have written you off. God is not like that. Aren't you happy? Yeah. So that's how when these people sent for Peter and Peter came, when Peter arrived, first of all, Peter didn't have any inhibitions. Why? Because God has been processing him. All right? And God has even spoken to him in this vision, in this trance. And now they send for him. And he goes. He goes to the house of Cornelius. This is a Gentile. And Peter doesn't have any issues going in. Why? God has dealt with him. His prejudice has been broken. Hallelujah. The barrier that was created by his prejudice has been broken. Ha! Huh. I remember those days in Cape Town. There was, a, there, was a, there was someone who was a part of our church. And the person was being persecuted by the family. Why? Because they're saying, you don't know these people. They're going to, they're going to deal with you. <laughs> How can you allow this kind of man to pastor you? <laughs> so they persecuted them because of that. First of all, he's black. How can you go to a black man? How can you allow a black man to pastor you? Then number two, nigh what? Yeah, 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 yeah. They are going to finish you. They will deal with you. And you know what? That person did not listen to all the prejudice they are trying to spread. And you know what? Eventually, God used us to rescue that person. To free that person from certain yokes. Some major bondages were on that person's life. But God was able to free the person. Hallelujah. So, Peter went there. And, and he began, he begins to... To, to speak. Look at what he says in verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. Come on. Somebody say God shows no partiality. Yeah. He says, But in, ev but in every nation, whoever fears him, and works righteousness is accepted by him. You don't have to be a Jew to be accepted by God. So that's what Peter was saying. He shows no partiality. So, and he says the word, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. 
And we are witnesses to all these things which he did in the land of the Jews, in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on the tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all people, but to witnesses chosen before by God to, and to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To bring up all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Now, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out to the Gentiles also. Now, Peter didn't go alone. Peter went with some Jews. Okay, some Jewish believers. And so he went with these people. He went, he had an entourage of people that came with him. And as he's still speaking, no altar call. Peter is still talking. The Holy Spirit came down. These people started speaking in tongues. He didn't even say, receive Jesus. No, no, he was still talking. And boom, they started speaking in tongues. And they started prophesying. And he said, what? The same Holy Spirit we receive. These people have received. You see, because prejudice has been removed. Because prejudice has been removed, now the Holy Spirit can move. Do you know that if prejudice can be removed in the body of Christ, we will have a greater move of God. I'm telling you. When prejudice is removed, the Holy Spirit can move. And that's exactly what happened here. You know, and they heard them speaking in tongues. Verse 40, um, 46. They heard them speaking with tongues and magnifying God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. And he stayed. Powerful. So Peter got transformed. Peter got changed. Now if Peter can change, there's hope for every one of us. I mean, if God can... You know the kind of man Peter was, right? God changed him. So Lord, change me. I want to be... A witness for you. I want to be effective in reaching the lost. Hallelujah. I want God to use me. I don't know about you. I want God to use me. Wash my mind. Let the information I have received about people not affect my ability to obey you. Let it not affect my ability to walk in the Spirit, to step out. Hallelujah. Our time is gone, but let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning.
We bless your name. I thank you for each and every one of us. Let every bias, every prejudice, whether it's cultural or what kind of prejudice, let every information we have received not be used to hinder us from obeying you when the time comes. Lord my God, I pray for each and everyone listening to me. Wash us. Let your word wash us. Cleanse us. Purify us. Sanctify us from our biases. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I give you praise. In Jesus' name. Now, if there's anybody that wants to receive Jesus, raise your hand and I'll pray for you. Anybody, you want to get born again? I'll pray for you before we leave. I don't see any hand. Okay. Uh, for those watching online, you want to do that? I want to pray for you now. Just say this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. You died to save me. You died to save me from my sins. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord and Savior. Wash me, cleanse me, sanctify me. Give me a new heart, a heart that loves you, a heart that loves what you love and hates what you hate. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now I pray for you. Father, I pray, pray for your people. Everyone that has prayed this prayer, I command Lord God that um, every power of the enemy be broken over their lives. Let the power of sin be broken. Let every curse be broken over their lives. Thank you, Lord. Let your kingdom come. Oh, Lord, I ask for manifestation. Oh, Lord, God, and the reality of the new creation to dawn upon them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Wonderful. God bless you real good. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.